Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things outside of the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, healers who have done really wild things. And this episode is just so cool. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Robert Malello, the founder of Brain Balance. He's got over 150 locations now, and they are all over the United States. And he continues to trailblaze through from an entrepreneurial, clinical, and research perspective. He is an absolute genius when it comes to anything neurology, ADHD, autism, cognitive behavior, development, anything like that. And he is super smart entrepreneur. We touched on uh, so many things, but also his regrets around building this empire and the lessons that he got along the way. And one of the biggest gems I got from this conversation is actually towards the end. So make sure you listen all the way because he starts to open up towards the end. He said this, uh, I'm quoting him, uh, if you can't get super specific, you can't get big. I'm going to say it again. If you can't get super specific, you can't get big. This resonated with me so much because it is one of the principles that I teach both inside of Part-Time Million Dollar uh, Mastermind as well as Elevate Club. Whether it's your business or your personal life, having a super specific, crystal clear vision is huge. As a matter of fact, it's absolutely necessary. Most people don't know what they want in life or how they want to experience things. And majority of people who do, they're not specific enough. I teach this inside of Elevate Club. Um, We do this thing called a life vision or a life script or a business script in which you get super specific on your life vision in three areas, wealth, health, and area of connection. If this resonates with you or you feel like you need more clarity, more specificity, then check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me. That is E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. Or you can just connect with me on social media. As always, enjoy this episode. Subscribe, connect, and let me know what you think. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Secret Lives of Expanders. I am super excited today because I have... Um, one of my favorite chiropractors and um, expanders today. I've got Dr. Robert Malillo, and he needs no introduction. He is the founder of the Brain Balance, and um, he's done some incredible things in his uh, lifetime inside and outside of chiropractic. He is one of the world's most sought after and respected experts in developmental functional neurology, brain imbalances, hemispheric integration, and the correction of most neurobehavioral disorders and learning disabilities. Um, In 2006, he created Brain Balance Achievement Centers, which they're all over uh, the country. Um, We have some here in Orange County, and uh, he's doing some really cool things right now, which I'm super excited to, to learn about. So welcome, Dr. Malello. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It sounds like a cool show. Yeah, thank you. So we're doing these expansion series, and I've been talking to a lot of chiropractors and entrepreneurs in general who've done things completely outside the box. Obviously, you have done things outside the box, but not everybody like understands the process. So I'm super curious to know what the beginning of this process looks like. Now you have um, you know, 150 plus locations and all of these great things, but it didn't obviously start that way. So what was the, take me back to the beginning of this journey. Uh, beginning really starts with my passion in chiropractic school where I fell in love with neurology. I was an athlete and I was also really, really interested in rehab. And um, I kind of, you know, from the very beginning had the thought of how I can bring those two worlds together. Um, and then, um, you know, getting out of school, I was motivated, obviously, to do well. I started a practice management program and started going down that route with somebody who was very well known at the time, recruited us out of school. And, you know, I wanted to have a successful practice, but I was already very much into the science part. I was already reading scientific papers. I was always already thinking a little bit outside the box of most chiropractors in the mid 80s, certainly. Um, really looking at the science component and really looking at, you know, things that we could use. And um, so there was a point where I became a little bit frustrated in the practice management part because they were teaching me that I had to basically teach this bone on nerve, you know, this old way of talking about it. And they said that that was the only way I could be successful. So I went to the main guy. He was a really big guy and it was kind of ballsy, I guess, for, you know, a guy just out of school to go up to him. And I said, you know, I don't really, I don't think it really this works for me. He said, why? I said, because I don't really buy into that. I know the science. This isn't the science. I want to talk about science. I don't want to do a five minute exam and a one hour, you know, like report of findings. I want to do a one hour exam and maybe a 15 minute report of findings. But to me, it's, it, you got it all backwards. And he said to me, you know, all right, maybe you're right. He said, but I'll tell you what, there's only two ways you're going to be really successful. That you want to be like really super successful, you know, have a waiting list practice. He said, you either do it my way or you become one of the best in the world at what you do. I said, okay, I think I'm going to take the second choice. Okay. So that's kind of what started it for me. I couldn't live the other way. It was just... Yes. Okay. I will become one of the best in the world. And so then it was the search as to how do you do it? Where's the information? And then the diplomate course in neurology opened up just as I graduated. And that was perfect. And we incorporated a lot of rehab into it. That was perfect. And that became my route. That became my avenue to really learn, to really become expert, to really become really great at something. Um, and I honed my skills over years and, and with and then became a teacher where, you know, there's different progressions to becoming great at something. You know, when you can do it through practice, when you do it through learning. Right. So I would learn it in a course and uh, and then I would, you know, go in and practice it. I also made one decision that really was key that really changed my life, which was I had about an hour drive, 45 minutes to an hour drive to work every day. And uh, I would listen to music and whatever. I mean, cell phones really weren't a thing back then. That's how old I am. But I made a decision that I was only going to listen to neurology tapes. Mm -hmm. and that's all I would ever listen to. Maybe business tapes or motivational tapes, but I would never just listen to music. I would use that two hours every day to educate myself. 
And so my neurology, when I, I would listen to neurology on the way in, and then I couldn't wait to practice it. And then I would use it and I'd learn it. And I'd teach it to my patients. And then I'd come back and I'd listen to it more. And it would, it would kind of solidify it in my brain to a point where I couldn't listen to music in a car. I could only listen to like some talking, right? It was like meditation for me. It became the way that I did it. But imagine after 20 years of doing that every single day, right? So the accumulation of knowledge. And I also learned very early on that that's actually how you also become great is through developing small little habits that don't seem all that significant. I'm going to listen to a tape every day, but you compile that over 20 years and it's thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of listening and just reinforcing, reinforcing that repetition. And all of that kind of came together with, and it was built on my, the whole purpose was to add value to this world. I mean, that's what I was, as a kid, my father, basically, I remember as a little boy, he said, you need to make a mark on the world. And I took that as you needed to make a difference. Right. You need to do something. And so it was all about how do I add value? And from there, it's been, you know, the law of value is basically, you know, your compensation is directly related to the value you add to the amount of people you add. Mm -hmm. So I added great value in one practice, but that wasn't enough. So how do I add more? I, I develop courses. I, you know, do scientific research and papers. I write best-selling books. I develop a company that develops over a hundred centers around the world. Um, I develop a TV show, a podcast, um, a web series, all of those things to impact more and more and more people. And with that, obviously my income has grown exponentially from that. Sure. Yeah. That's, um, that's incredible. So, um, you touched on so many things. I hope people are taking notes because it is in the little things, like the one habit that you could do consistently, even if it's two minutes, I know you said two hour car ride, but two minutes a day, you can, but if you could do it consistently, it's better than doing something for an hour here, a couple hours there, uh, and it'll make a big difference. So did you have a neurology background before you got started? Like, was there, and how did the neurology interest start in chiropractic school? It just started with my first course. There was a couple of things that impacted me in one of my first courses um, that really influenced me. One of the first lectures I ever had in chiropractic school, I remember his name, this guy named Dr. Bogan, and he gave us this whole course on the evolution of kind of humans from the beginning. And I, and I, you know, I always had a curious interest. I, I was always interested in evolution. I was interested in science ever since I was a kid. Um, and things outside of the box, like, you know, ancient UFOs. And I was reading that when I was like in, in the 60s, right? And, um, and this guy just put basically the, the history of evolution together in one like two hour lecture. And I was kind of blown away by it. And I was like, wow, that was really cool. And then he tied it into chiropractic somehow, which was really neat. And then um, I started taking a neuroanatomy course. And those two courses just blew me away the first trimester. I was even in school. And I had an aptitude for it. I got like the highest class in, it was the only course I ever got the highest class in in chiropractic school uh, was neurology. And I just, and it just made sense to me. It just made sense that this was, and that, and, and how that was so connected to chiropractic. Yeah. And I that most people didn't get that connection. I mean, we know chiropractic is about neurology, but we really don't realize like it's about the brain. 
And it's about, I mean, it's really about from the very beginning. It is, you know, you get a guy to hear that can't hear, right. It's about the brain. It's about changing perception. It's about changing someone's reality. Right. I mean, it's, that's what it was from, from the beginning. And I kind of saw that. And then, um, you know, and then, like I said, I started reading papers on it and was interested. And, and then when the neurology diploma course opened up, I was the first one to register. Mm, okay. I love that. So um, you mentioned UFOs. We are going to have to talk about that, <laughs> but maybe yeah. we'll come back to that because I, I definitely want to uh, see where this goes. So you had your interest in um, in neurology. It sounds like you, you kind of like follow where your interest takes you um, and and it opens obviously doors for you. So you're in your first clinic, um, your first practice on your own. You have a successful practice. Was there a moment or series of moments that leads to, um, you know, oh, this big vision of I'm going to have all these centers and I'm going to multiply? Was it gradual? Um, How did how did that come together? Well, the gradual thing, I mean, at the same time, I was also really into like Tony Robbins was just starting and I resonated with him. He was the same age as me and I liked a lot of his stuff early on and I mixed that in with it. And so I, I always had a vision. I was always writing. I was always setting goals and writing things down. And, um, you know, and I expanded my practice, you know, first it was take this little 1000 square foot practice. Eventually it was a 10,000 square foot practice, but then it was a natural growth, but what really changed my trajectory was 1995. I was already in practice 10 years, expert in neurology, diplomate, rehab, diplomate, you know, already lecturing, doing some brain research, knew a lot. And I come home one night, late at night, nine o'clock, three little kids at home. And there's a woman sitting at my kitchen table with my wife and she's crying. I don't know what's going on. I walk up. My wife says, Rob, this is Denise. I met her at a fundraiser last night that she had for her son and a group that she organized that has kids with disabilities, in particular ADHD. And she said, and uh, she's, you know, mentioned to me that she's frustrated. She's tried all the traditional stuff. Nothing works. And I told her, you know, a lot about the brain and you know, a lot about nutrition, you know, a lot about outside the box stuff and maybe you can help her. So so okay, talk to my. I said, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. I said, I, I understand what you're doing. I feel for this woman, but I'm coming here at nine o'clock at night. I'm lecturing on weekends. You're already kind. Of, you're already kind of mad at me because I'm not. Mm-hmm. I was like, you want me to take on something new? And she said, I just have this feeling that you're supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. Get a little emotional thinking about it. Even now, um, I just think you're supposed to do something. I said, all right. Two, three days later, I go to my child, my son's first parent-teacher meeting and walk in, teacher sits down and says, I don't know, but I think your child may have an attention problem or something like ADHD, and you should go and get him diagnosed. And now I'm blown away, right? Because first, one, I feel kind of embarrassed, right? Okay, as a parent, how do I, as a professional, how do I not see this in my in my own son? And somebody's telling me I feel like a failure as a parent because I missed it. And I'm probably not because I'm to blame. And somehow, like all the parents that I work with feel like. But then I hear my wife's voice saying, you're supposed to do something with this. And I took it as a message. And I said, OK, all right. So my first question, what would your first question be? 
And this is a really important thing because I work with people from all over the world with the most severe types of issues, you know, non-speaking autism and whatever. And this question is still the first question. And it was the first question that popped up into my head. And even today, I, I ask doctors, I ask therapists, I ask parents, and the answer is always, I have no idea. What would be the first question you would think if somebody said, your son is ADHD and you have a really strong background in neurology? Gosh. Um, well, okay. Funny story, not, not to get off track, but I literally just read right before this call, a long email from my son's teacher, although they didn't label him with ADHD or anything. They're talking about how, um, he's not paying attention. He's distracted in class. He's paying attention to other people. So what's the question I would ask the teacher or sure. professional? Okay. Does that to you? For me, uh, I, it's a, it's a question I asked before that elicited this email, which is how do we fix it? What do we do about it? What comes before that? Why? I don't know. What is the problem in the brain? What is ADHD? Yeah. Why is this happening? What is it? Right. Yeah. Why yeah. Is it My first question was, well, what is ADHD? And I went out to all these people that I thought would know, you know, MDs, friends of mine, pediatricians, pediatric neurologists, psychiatrists, psychologists. And I asked them all that question and they said to me, I don't know. I have no idea, but I know you can't do anything about it. I went, what? <laughs> Those things don't match. All right. You don't know what it is. Say you don't know what it is, but don't tell me you can't do anything about it. If you already told me you don't know what it is, right? You can only medicate. Okay. So then for me, my mission was, all right, what is it? And that led me down the route of researching and discovering basically what is happening in ADHD and all other mental health and neurobehavioral disorders. And the most severe of which is usually is really autism. That's become my main expertise. And, and I think I know that as well as anybody in the world. I've been doing in the, over the past three or four years, a pretty large um, controlled double blind study uh, on autism and primitive reflexes and what's happening in the brain, what is actually going on. In the last three or four months, I wrote a seminal paper on what is actually happening in ADHD, probably one of the best neuroanatomy papers ever written on ADHD. And I'm coming out with one very soon on, on autism. And, uh, and then this, all the data that we've collected from this double-blind study looking at brain imaging before and after, all of that's going to be coming out this, this year. So, again, this has been a lifelong search, and we have actually now producing the most cutting-edge research, you know, proving what it is. And then from there, yeah. once you know what it is, so it took me, you know, the first 10 years was really researching, and I put that into a massive textbook called Neurobehavioral Disorders of Childhood and Evolutionary Perspective, which is, uh, you know, a classic textbook that has been used in many graduate programs and still exists today. And, um, and then along the way, though, I also came up with a way of actually correcting and, and eliminating the problem in the brain, mm. um, and not for just for ADHD, but for everything. And, uh, and that's been, you know, from that, that created brain, brain balance and that created what I do now, which is called the Melillo method. And we're creating a whole new group of really in, uh, higher level centers to deal with even the most severe types of conditions in a systematic way and change it. Okay. 
All right. That is, that's fascinating. And I love that the, the, the little pieces came together for you, the woman crying at your house when you show up and, and then your son and everything else. It's, it's a beautiful thing when all of those things come together and you're at the right frequency to receive them, whether it's the neurology course opening up, the woman sitting at your, at your kitchen counter or whatever the case might be. So, um, through the going through this process and learning what is ADHD and how do we fix it and how do we touch the brain in a way that that is going to have an impact? Um, was it, I'm sure it took some time and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to do brain balance. And here are the systems in there. Did you automatically know this was going to be a big thing? And walk me through the entrepreneurial business or maybe like, did you have investors? Like, what was that process like? Yeah. So initially as a father and as a professional wanting to help Denise and also wanting to help my own son, it started as this search, right? And it started with my chiropractic background. I started with the body and you know, the ideas that we were throwing around in the diplomat course in neurology at that time, you know, these are early 90s. In the early 90s was uh, Bill Clinton declared the decade of the brain. And so there's more brain research being produced than ever before. And all of it was pointing towards something called functional connectivity, meaning not injury in the brain or damage. You got to remember that when you look at functional neurology, as opposed to traditional neurology, and I work with a lot of really great neurologists, and we all agree on this, they do organic neurology, right? They're looking for organic pathology, meaning they're looking for a tumor, a stroke, a genetic disorder, brain injury. But what if it's not that, right? What if it's not one of those things, but it's clearly a neurological issue? Who deals with that? This is why we created functional neurology, because there was this gap. And that was where naturally chiropractic resided, right? Um, and so with that, you know, part of the whole thing, cause I've also put it all in an evolutionary perspective and it was like, okay, what starts it all right? Where does it all start as it, and it turned out it starts in development and even in the womb and it starts with bottom up development. It starts with postural development, with problems with motor development early on and with movement and with what we call retained primitive reflexes that disrupt posture and movement and gait and vestibular activity and oculomotor activity, which is all where we live in the cerebellum, right? This is where I found and I discovered that this is where all of these things start. So it started at my core. It started at chiropractic. It started at where I knew I was comfortable. And what we have in chiropractic is we look at imbalances, right? We look at imbalances in posture. We look at head tilts and body tilts. And it turns out that the problem was an imbalance in the brain and the nervous system that stemmed from this imbalance in posture. It's where it started, right? And so at its core, these things are sensory motor problems. They're not cognitive problems at their core. They're cognitive imbalances, but those imbalances are built on an unbalanced system. And so from that, looking at all that, understanding that, I, you know, really looked at, okay, how do I, I started getting unbelievable results right away. And I have many stories. I don't think we have time, but you know, the first story was unbelievably amazing. The first boy I ever worked with, with a um, nonverbal autistic child, his father was an icon in New York. He was a chiropractor who got us licensed in New York state. It was his grandfather. And he had called me up, heard I was working with kids and said, can you help him? I never worked with a kid that didn't speak or with autism. 
he came in, his name was Daniel. I, I remember him to this day. His family was beautiful. They had kids exactly the same age as my wife and I. And they come in and they're crying. They just come from a neurologist or a psychiatrist who had told them, start looking for an institution for your son, for your three-year-old son, start looking for an institution because that's where he's going to end up. So they said, can you help him? I said, I don't know. I never worked with this. I think I know what it is neurologically, but I'll try. I know I won't hurt him. And uh, about three, four weeks to the day, the child, the parents walk in, they're crying again. Daniel started talking at the kitchen table. He started saying words and interacting. And it was like a miracle to them. They came in, they gave me credit for it. And they came in, they were all hugging me, right? They're all hugging me, literally in this pile. The kids are on my leg. And I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea if I did this, right? But I did know that if I did this, this is what I will do for the rest of my life, right? Because what is better than this? If I got this kid to speak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then another famous chiropractor sent his grandson to me. And three, to four, three, four weeks later, same thing. And then another famous chiropractor sent his to his grandson. And this was three back to back. Now I knew one is lucky, two coincidence, three, it's a pattern. And I knew I was onto something. And so I knew I was getting these results. I knew it was important. I knew no one else was seeing what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And so from the beginning, I knew this is important. I'm going to eventually have to teach this. I'm going to, I'm going to have to make this available. This has to get out to other people. And that started my process of how do I do it? Initially, I started with courses, teaching other doctors. Then it expanded into uh, books. And then it expanded into centers from there. Okay, gotcha. And and how um, how did you go from zero to or no zero? I guess one to one fifty. Um, yeah, that was just you know I, I because I had been teaching this for years. Yeah, I had a lot of chiropractors and a lot of doctors and therapists that were waiting for this. You know, they were like, "When are you going to do this? These centers? I want one. I want one." And so. You know, the, one of the other things that I I'm, I think I'm very good at and I have a talent in is I automatically know how to systemize things, right? In my office, if you're here, everything is systemized. I mean, I can I put together the most complex treatments and I can organize them and systemize them so that they can be reproduced quickly and people can learn very quickly and everything in my office. So from the beginning, I built my office as... How do I grow this? And I knew it needed to be systemized. I knew you needed to do, it had to have an organized way. It had to be based on functional measurements and objective measurements. All of that needed to be built in place uh, before you could expand it out. And I did that. And I did that really well. And we then we built a software system around it and everything. And then it was just a matter of going out there and initially going out to the people who wanted it and started out and tested it in like four different cities. Mm-hmm. Other work and it was very successful in two of them. Two of them wasn't, mm-hmm. but the ones that were successful, especially the ones in Atlanta, they were killing it. They expanded rapidly, so they basically proved the model, right? And then from there, uh, you know, other people who wanted to be involved jumped in, and then from there, it was really more grassroots. I just went around to different people. I went to a lot of chiropractors and went to different and people from my course, mm-hmm. and I said, "This is available." And then the results were so great that parents who put their kids through the program started buying centers, right? This was a franchise model. We chose a franchise model because um, 
one, we wanted to grow it because I saw this as an epidemic. Mm-hmm. How do you stop an epidemic? You've got to expand fast. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? Unless you have huge amounts of capital, franchise model is perfect because you're basically using other people's money to expand. Um, but it's a very viable financial model for the company. You have a lot of control, but you know you don't have it. And especially in 2008, when the whole financial market crashed, and even if we wanted to go and go and, and get money, we couldn't. So we funded it ourselves and we used the franchise model, which was perfect for the timing. And even in the worst economy ever, we grew rapidly. And so that by the time we got up to 10 years, we were at about 140, 150 centers. Okay. Um, now, from one to 150, it was really self-funded. Like the essence of the business oh, is funded itself. It was. We went to about the first five years Mm-hmm. and then we did and then we went to uh the equity then we did a private equity deal okay. we sold, you know part of the company for equity and then the company grew from there okay what what was uh what was your experience there when the private either you got approached by or you poked the private equities for did you like that experience I did initially because we really, it looked like, you know, we, we were at a point where we really needed capital to grow because we were growing so rapidly and you got to be careful if you outgrow your capital. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, that's why expansion can be a dangerous thing. There's a couple of times we had to actually stop our progression. Mm. And then, so initially it was the right, seemed to be the right money at the right time. Mm. You know, since then, um, you know, not, not, not completely a great experience just because then when you start giving up control and whether they agree with you. And so, you know, that, that, that's a whole nother thing. Okay. And this is why now I'm building a whole new model. um, That's going to be different from that. And um, I'm super super excited to hear about that. Um, Now, since we're, we're wrapping this portion of it up, what would you have done differently in the past, since 2006, since you founded the company and the progression that it has had, or would, would, would there be something you, knowing what you know now you would do differently? Is there something you regret? Is there something you'd do better? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, um, the company's, the company is still very successful. Yeah. And you know, and, and anybody that's in business knows to scale up a business like that is rare. Yeah, totally. People that have ever done it, to be honest. Um, And I don't mean that egotistically. I mean it factually, right? Um, And so to scale up a business and to have it be successful, you know, grossing probably over half a billion dollars. We've worked with over 100,000 kids and families, and we get unbelievable results, right? The results are undeniable. Mm -hmm. Um, So to get all that in combination, you know, are there going to be things along the way that, you know, you experiment with, don't work, do work? Um, are there things that I think we could have done better to, you know, I think we, I think the company could be a lot bigger um, than and, and have even more impact. But, you know, I, I, won't, I won't say necessarily I regret anything because it is what it is. What we did was incredibly successful, still is very successful and impactful. Very few people have ever done anything like it. And, um you know, and, and at a certain point, you know, um, I, I stepped away from the company um, because I wanted to build a different model. Um, 
that was more for the, you know, that I built that initial model for really pretty high functioning kids like my son. Yeah. Uh, but my passion was with the really low functioning kids, you know, the really the genetic disorders, the brain injuries, you know, and I wanted to resolve that. But the idea was, how do you create a model with like non let's speaking autistic kids that scream and yell and cry and bite and fight and are aggressive and bang their heads and are some of the hardest thing, you know, patients to work with. How do you create a systemized model that gets, you know, consistent results, just like I built with brain balance. And uh, that's been my passion for the past five, six, seven years. And that's what I've created here in the Melillo method. And what I've created here is the culmination of everything. And so whatever got me to here was right, you know? And so I have no regrets about that because I believe everything happens for a reason. I do believe that, you know, um, that this was where I was meant to be ultimately. And if I stayed really connected with brain balance like that, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And all my research that I've done that's coming out now, I just did a third edition of my book, Disconnected Kids, which is coming out, which is going to be amazing. It's in 18 languages. I have eight best-selling books that I've written and uh, probably wrote do an adult book. And so all the things I'm doing now, which is really the culmination of everything in my career, every aspect of it. Yeah. And we're on the cusp of expanding this out. Um, so I have no regrets. I wouldn't change a damn thing because if it, if it didn't get me here, then I wouldn't be in the right place. That's for sure. Yeah. I love that. So um, the Melelo method, what's your expansion method for that? Like you tell me a little bit more about that. That's going to be the franchise model was good, but I don't, I wouldn't want to do it again. Okay. Um, very complicated. It's very expensive. Um, I want to do a licensing model, uh, which I had done before when we started Brain Balance, which is simpler. This I wanted to be more international. Uh, Brain Balance is just America. Uh, uh, I want to expand this internationally. Uh-huh. And um, the licensing model gives a lot more flexibility, meaning I've created a technology. I've created, I believe, the most cutting edge healthcare model that exists today. Yeah. And systemized and organized and it uses cutting edge tools you know everything where you can imagine lasers virtual reality video games um you know anything that you can imagine that's the most cutting edge tool uh we are using uh, you know high level neuroimmunology i mean functional medicine and it's all systemized and organized we have a software system around it and the training module. And so what I'm at this point is like, again, what I've done here is develop the prototype and develop the system, just like I did with brain balance. It took me about two years during the pandemic, which gave me the opportunity to really work on the the program, the system, the program where I worked with every child myself in in one little office in New York city, you know, where they would still come see me. And I just worked it and worked it and worked it until I had the model down. How do you do this? How do you work with these kids? How do you get the consistent results? You know, what's, you know, refining the neurology and the testing. And then I created another prototype here, which is now this prototype. And over this first year, it's been just amazing. It's exactly, you know, we hit all of our goals. Everything is going. So now it's a matter of just, you know, refining the software program that drives it all. 
and refining and tweaking a bit. But um, I already have, you know, a number of people around the world lined up that want to do these licensees from different various levels. They don't have to do a full center like this. They can take the technology and incorporate it in their practice, use the software, use the system, you know, make it as an alternate part of their practice. I have an adult side here where we work with adults with all different types of things from developmental you know, adults with autism or ADHD or bipolar or schizophrenia. But we also have a child section where we just work with, you know, really severe uh, neurodevelopmental issues. Someone, So there's all different possibilities, but, um, and that will be ready. That expansion will probably start around, uh, around the summer. I also have other, another exciting thing I'm planning, but I don't know. You know, that is, I have, uh, I've worked with a, a very big celebrity's child. Um, and we've gotten unbelievable results with her. And because of that, he's become very impassioned and wants to help. And, and this, he believes this is his mission. So we want to start a big world-class um, institute that is a research center, uh, treatment center, not-for-profit. So anybody can go to it and connect that with an autism school. I'm already in an autism school, but we may want to connect it with another school for autism. And uh, so we want to build this big, you know, really uh, world-class institute in New York City that's going to be not-for-profit, and he's going to raise all the money for it. And uh, we're going to have world-class researchers there, and we're going to, and and that will be connected, you know, to the for-profit side, which will be any technology we come up will automatically go first to anybody that's licensed in my method. So that's the that's the plan right now, and uh, and it's falling into place pretty quickly. That's, that's incredible, Robert. That's really, really cool. Um, so is the idea with the Melelo method that if I run a practice here and I have my own brand because it's licensing, I can just plug and play practically. So it's perfect for any chiropractor. I think all, a lot of us, a lot of chiropractors I talk to, we want to incorporate, we want to help those uh, patients in the last three years in my practice, I specifically saw a lot of kids on the spectrum, but the, there was at the time, um, not awareness or didn't know, or, you know, this didn't exist or whatever, but to simplify, to have the systems that are plug and play, you plug it in, you do it, you get the results, you get excited, you see more people, you get referrals, all the things. I think it's a beautiful thing without having to. Yeah. And the way I designed it was, like I said, I started this really with one office in New York, one room in New York city. So Mm -hmm. you literally devote one room in your office. Yeah. Out that way. And you know, and actually do really, really, really well. That one room could probably generate as much as your whole practice. Um, but, um, and also the results you get and the feelings you get from it are second to none. So, you know, that's the other day. And, and the idea is, you know, the, the advantage, and I like this, I like, you know, it's funny, I do a lot of podcasts and we very rarely talk about business, yeah. but it's a big part of what I do. So I like this with you um, because we're, we're mixing both. Um, you know, franchise model, what makes something a franchise really, as opposed to license? It's really the fact that you all use have one brand, one name and everything, all the same rules, everything. Mm-hmm. So that's brain balance, right? Um, but licensing is much more flexible. And so you can license somebody where they can become a licensed Melillo Method Center. Yeah. Um, but the advantage of the uh of the of the franchise is you're building a brand name, right? 
and you're buying a system, you're buying all the things that you get with licensing, basically, but you're also buying a brand. So what I've done is you can, you will build whatever your name is, but if you're a Melillo method license, that's the brand. So you still have the branding because we've expanded that. So now it's a pretty well-known brand name. Um, And so you have the best of both worlds. You have your, your autonomy. Um, You're not being controlled by a big company. You can use it pretty much how you want within reason. And you have access to information and, and all of my growth strategies. Mm-hmm. But you also can call it whatever you want, but you're also connected to a world brand that's going to drive people to you. Correct. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting, Not uh, this is not a comparison whatsoever because they're completely different models and you're more specialized. And, and uh, for example, the joint, just talk to uh, Fred Gerritsen. Um, and it was interesting to have the conversation because similar things came up. Like when I asked him, what's your regret? Uh, he said, well, he didn't really have any regrets. Like I know nobody really regrets anything in, in, in reality of it, but he did talk about the difficulties or the challenges or whether he would have kept the franchise model or whether he would have um, dealt with the um, private equity firms that kind of invested in his company the same way as he did. So it's interesting to, to see similarities in the thought process. And then of course, from a mindset perspective, like from the practice building perspective for an average chiropractor who's listening, like the simplification, the systematization of crucial, I don't care if it's a 500 square footage office and you're just, you know, adjusting people or whether it's what you have uh, created over the past um, few decades, either way, it becomes really, really important. As a matter of fact, the bigger you are, the more important it is to get super specific and super systematized. If you're not super specific, you'll never get big. So it's like, it's not, you can't go back and say, if you want, the bigger you are, you have to start that way. You have to start that way. Yeah. Uh, man, thank you so, so much. Is there, where can people find you? I know you're not exactly super accessible, but you do have courses, you have uh, all of your books. Like, Where's the best place for people to get more information? I'm pretty accessible. I, 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 I'm teaching a live course at Dallas right now. I'm actually, I'm leaving this weekend. I teach a course in child, really developmental functional neurology, neuroscience, which isn't just for kids, even though the, the, the fellowship is in childhood um, developmental disorders. It's really developmental disorders, and it's also in adults as well. That course is online. But what I am doing is I'm starting, I'm revamping and really taking, because of all my research and my work here, and and we're going to start it up again. I haven't taught in New York City area, Northeast, in a long, long decades, really. And uh, it's a really cool hotel in New York City, um, actually at JFK Airport. I don't know if you know New York, but what we call the TWA. Um, TWA was one of the biggest airlines in the world. And they have this really cool, iconic um, uh, terminal that was a landmark. So you couldn't take it down. Someone had a great idea of making it into this really super cool boutique hotel. So we're, we're starting in June. We're going to start my course up, but it's really going to be even rebranded more into including really like high level psychoneuroimmunology along with what we've already done. And, um, and we're going to do it really big and it's going to be great. And I think this may be the last time I teach it live Mm. Um, and it's going to be recorded so that it will be 
there for, for, for years to come. But I have a lot going on with the expansion of my work and my research and books and everything that, you know, but this course is going to be really awesome. And a lot of what I do is hands-on. So, you know, it has, some of it has to be live. We do some virtual as well. And obviously it all be, will, will be recorded. So that's something that people should look for. They can all get, get that information through my website, drrobertmalillo.com. I have a big presence on Instagram and social media. I show a lot of things. I teach people things, but see what I do. I think I'm over, I'm like 400,000 or something like that, but it's, it's kind of cool to watch. And uh, so that's something that if people want to reach out and I usually respond to, to DMS and stuff like that. So I'm pretty accessible. Um, and, um, you know, and then they, they have my books and my papers. I, like I said, we've published about three or four papers and I'm always putting them out there on my website or through my, um, through my Instagram that people can download these papers. And um, we have a ton more coming out. We probably have at least six to 10 papers coming out over the next year that are going to be really kind of, you know, earth shattering. And um, so people should stay tuned for that. And then I have a new edition of Disconnected Kids coming out later this year. And then my publisher probably wants me to do an adult version of that for, for next year. So that's what's in the plan right now. Well, that's- and, I, and uh, one more thing, I have an awesome daughter who is part of my development and she is opening for Zach Brown this summer as she tours around the USA. So. Wow. That's, that is incredible. So cool. Um, well, Robert, I think you're brilliant. Uh, and I feel super honored to have this opportunity to chat with you. And I think everyone should go follow you on Instagram, check out your website and all the things I definitely learned quite a bit in this conversation. We'll ask you one last question and then we'll wrap up. So UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) When I was, uh, Young kid, my brother and I, we loved, I, I loved superheroes growing up. I think that was kind of my, you know, I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to help people and save people. And my brother and I would always stay up at night and talk about superheroes and, and expanded into science and physics. And, and I think around 1969, he got this book called Chariot of the Gods by a guy named Eric Von Daniken. Um, if you see all of the shows on History Channel now, the whole ancient alien, it all stemmed from that one book. Yeah. My brother read it, and of course, he was my older brother, and I idolized him, so I read the book, and it got me hooked on the idea that there were people that came here before and that we were not alone, and that got me again into history and into science and physics and thinking outside the box, and and uh, and I've always... I've always just thought about that since then. And I've always, um, I've never seen a UFO. I've looked, I've tried, um, but I'm very fascinated in, in that, in that whole area. And, and um, like I said, it's just, uh, you know, part of my, part of my thinking was, uh, you know, what comes from that. What's your thoughts on it? I mean, I def, I'm, I might be a little bit obsessed about UFOs because I've watched a lot of documentaries on UFOs. I've gone to what's called a UFO camp where you go and you connect with UFOs. Do you know Dr. Yeah. Steve Greer. I did his, his little boot camp in Arizona, I think. Yeah. Wow. And did any, did you get any visitations or? I'm going to say yes. We won't have barely enough time left to go over what I saw and what I observed. And I want to make it about you, but yes, I definitely have made connections. I, this is, this episode will either be like, you know, <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go. Well, talk more because My daughter who's a singer is obsessed with this as well. She's like psychic. Yeah. And kind of a, so I would love to hear more about this sometime. 
Oh yeah. Well, uh, well, maybe we'll do another episode if you're open to it and we can, I'd love to ask more uh, business questions. And then of course, ta- talk about the UFOs and your daughter's experience. Cause we can, that will be one juicy conversation as well. Yeah. yeah. She's got some interesting things, but yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Thank you again, uh, Robert. Uh, like I said, I think your work has been phenomenal for chiropractic, for chiropractors, for people, for humanity in general. So um, super appreciate this time that you gave me. Thank you everyone for watching and listening this episode of um, Secret Lives of Expanders. Um, make sure to subscribe, connect with Robert and tune in to our next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.